Hi, you guys. Welcome to Trailer Cast. Okay, so today on this Trailer Cast conversation, I get to interview my friend Maggie. Here's what Maggie sent in. This is our jumping off point. I've been doing a lot of processing recently, especially since I'm 32 weeks pregnant, in quarantine, about my body and my relationship to it. Groundbreaking stuff. I know every woman does this work at some point in time. I think being in quarantine and being pregnant has me drawing a ton of parallels between my body and my home. How comfortable am I really being in my home constantly with no escape? How comfortable am I really in being in my body 100% of the time, like you often have to do when creating and growing a human? I have spent many hours hating my body, especially when I'm spending so much time in it. I find the same has been true of spending so much time at home recently. Instead of being grateful and thankful that I have a home and that it keeps me safe, comfortable, houses my loved ones, etc., the more time I spend in my home, the more I focus on her imperfections. All the broken shit around the house, all the projects and things that need fixing. There's something here I'd like to explore, and I think it could be a fun topic for both of us, since we're both moms of three, or almost three, and likely have some shared experiences, both when it relates to our embodied experiences and also our lived experiences at home. Without further ado, here is Maggie and I on deconstructing and reconnecting the parallels between our external home and the internal home of body. Enjoy. Maggie, last time I saw you, we were at a really cool bar in Denver. Yeah, last <laughs> summer, I think. Mm-hmm. It was last summer. So and much has changed. Isn't it? Okay, so let's start with that. Like, what changed during that immediate conversation is you were actually about to do, like, a pretty big speaking engagement. Yeah, you yeah. You were going to... That's right. Yeah, so I was kind of on the precipice of, like, some cool new things that I wanted to lean into and sought you out because I was like, I need some guidance from someone who's been down that road and had to make some of those decisions before. And so um, wanted to chat with you. And so we had such an awesome conversation. And I just remember I walked away with a sense of you being like, you do not have to ask for permission from anyone to pursue things that are meant for you. And so, yeah, the whole fall was that for me was just uh, pursuing things that I was asked to do that like really drew out things that I loved and experiences that I left being like, that was for me, you know? Yes. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> it was amazing. Chills. It was amazing. So yeah, did, did a couple different things throughout the fall um, and was hoping to kind of like have those be recurring things. And then now, of course, here we are um, in the spring of 2020, who knew what it held for all of us. Right. Right. Yeah. So massive change clearly obviously in global pandemic but also a really personal change for you totally yeah so even since we met in the summer uh we found out in the fall that we're expecting our third baby um our third son at that um (laughs) so yeah i went through like even before like you said even before all the pandemic stuff happened even before that was like part of our reality, I went through a little bit of a mourning process of like, oh, I was on the path. Like 
you know, I was doing all these things that started to bring out stuff in me, bring out feelings and desires and passions that I haven't felt in years. And so I felt like I was on the path that was carved out for me. And then all of a sudden it was like looking into 2020 and seeing, you know, in the middle of 2020, a baby being born, which again, like is such a gift and a blessing. I was just like, well, what does that mean? Does that mean I have to just scrap it all? And, mm. or, or can I like run parallel paths and can I, can I still be pursuing things that I love things that feel like they're kind of like knit within me while mm-hmm. also doing this other thing that feels like something that I want to do, which is have another baby and raise a family. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of been where things have gone since we chatted last was like, even before all of this, I was already kind of going down and going down this path, exploring what does it mean to do both? And can I do Mm -hmm. both? Mm -hmm. And how do you do it? Uh, How do you do it period? And then also how do you do it like with grace? How do you do it like for yourself, for other people? Um, And just like, I, 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 it's so funny. So at the end of last year, I was chatting with someone um, and I was like, well, you know, 2020 will just be like, a little bit of a throwaway year. We're having a baby, like no one's accomplishing anything. Um, and she said something to me that like, I've just carried with me. Um, and she said, I feel like you're expecting so much more than just a baby. And I was like, Oh, it's so true. It's so true. Um, and expectations die hard. And so, yeah, I have, I had a lot of expectation kind of leading into 2020. Yeah, ironically, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the the thing that sticks out to me right away for you is the the idea that um, producing a human is a throwaway year, right? <laughs> like, in what world, right? In what world do you grow an additional body and you're like, like eh, no in one's your own body, anything, <laughs> right? Right? Oh, I'm not really doing anything. I'm not accomplishing anything. To be honest, I feel like that speaks a little bit to kind of like our mentality as humans towards like Mm -hmm. how much we value motherhood, how much we value, um, you know, just the gestation period in general and then also the postpartum experience. And so I feel like, you know, that's still something that lives within me, Mm -hmm. even though I'm having Mm -hmm. a third kid is this idea that like, I don't even know how to hold that experience as sacred, you know, you're just kind of yes. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have a baby, which means that I'm, I'm not like a fully functioning, capable adult when in reality, it's the opposite. It's like, could, could yeah. I be more capable? I'm growing a human. <laughs> right. Right. But like, you're right. Like there's a global concept of how we view mothers how we mm-hmm. view pregnant women and their delicate, mm-hmm. fragile condition, right? Right. And and how we soften it, right? When right. in reality, like it is one of the most like radical, like dangerous, like just just intense experiences in life. Oh, for sure. <laughs> right? It's so visceral too. And I think like as someone who struggles to um lean into really embodied experiences, pregnancy has always like, I've had a tension with it um, Mm. where I'm like, I love it because it's the most gentle I am with myself. Typically I'm Mm. like, I'm like, Oh, 
you're growing a human. It's okay that you, you can't fit in your pants. It's okay that like yeah. you, you don't want to exercise today or whatever. It's just like all of it is acceptable and permissible. Um, but then also holding that tension with being like, yeah, but I just don't really want to like feel anything as it mm. relates to my body. Um, and so it's always been a push pull where I'm like, how can I really value this time? Um, especially because it will be my last pregnancy that I'm like, yeah. I'm, I mean, I just saw on my phone yesterday, it was like 50 days left until you, mm. your due date. And I'm like, 50 mm. days, that's all I have um, in this experience of growing a mm -hmm. baby. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I don't want it to like, I have a little bit of pressure because I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to wish that away. I want to really mm -hmm. value that mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. um, but also knowing that, I mean, I've spent, 33 years trying to get out of this body <laughs> and so yeah. yeah it's hard to be grateful for something that you've already like tried to push away yes I do want to go into the embodiment stuff um I also just maybe want to draw a quick parallel between gestation and quarantine oh yeah um, right <laughs> like that this gestational period that's really easy to not feel like something's happening because it's just kind of in waiting right like let's even mm. call it like you're like a woman in waiting like just waiting yep. it's like and how dismissive that is to the the generativity of what is occurring and then similar to what is happening in quarantine it's like this is not your throwaway year you're probably developing something within you there's something mm. life is happening right yeah. when you're not waiting you're not stuck no. right yeah. I, and that's what, honestly, that kind of thought, that parallel is what mm -hmm. generated this whole conversation for me was, um, and it kind of came from a place of, I don't know, like feeling guilty for, um, you know, we've all been spending a ton of time in our homes, right? It's mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. and, and with that comes this really intense lens on what's wrong with your home. I don't know if anyone else has been doing yes, that, but yeah, I'm like, yeah. all I see is the projects and I'm like, oh my gosh, we, we've been meaning to do that for years or that thing is broken because it's so close to you where in previous to quarantine, you're like, well, yeah, I'm bouncing around. I'm like driving the kids. I'm at work. I'm, I'm all over and I can avoid it really easily. Mm -hmm, and it's not mm -hmm. right in front of my face. Um, and, and like you said, being in this new world has been hard cause it's like right there. And so I can't avoid it. And so then, but then I went from a place of not being able to avoid it to like, just wanting to change it all. I'm like, well, we better, we better change it. Like I yeah. hate this house, you know, you're yes. like, I, and here it is. It's like <laughs> keeping me safe. It's keeping my family safe. We're comfortable here. Um, we have space, we have heat we have air conditioning like there's so much to be grateful for um and yet here i am being like those nail holes have been there for so you know you're just like so critical. yes i hear you yes yeah so critical so parallel that back into your body your home for yeah. your baby exactly so so then i kind of went to this place of like yeah there is this waiting period right that's happening in quarantine that's also happening within me um and for my body, I think that's the exact experience that I have where I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool that you're keeping everyone safe. Cool that <laughs> you're housing not only me, my person, my personality, yeah. but also now another human. But that's not enough. And so then I have like a whole nother layer of expectation of like, oh, my gosh, you've been meaning to lose that weight for years. Mm -hmm. um, you've been meaning to 
fix that thing about you physically for so long. Um, and similarly, it's like unavoidable. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's hard because I'm like both my home and my body, um, are serving kind of dual purposes right now. Yes. And yet here I am being like, I wish you were so different. So real. Okay, so there's a there's a sense of powerlessness, right? So when we don't like something, we want to change it. Like we can't not. You see it? It's like, oh, uh, just is gonna forever bother me until I decide to do something about it or decide that I actually don't care about it at all. Right. <laughs> like, right. So the in normal life, we're able to shift our mood. I don't like the way my body feels. I'm either going to eat more because I feel powerless, right? I'm going to drink away this feeling. I'm going to buy something so I can avoid this. I'm going to get a different mirror. Who knows? I'm going to do some things. Mm -hmm. In pregnancy, there is so much less option to shift and move away from the pain. Mm. Okay. So this, there's a, like a descension almost into like, I, all I can do is really feel this pain. But what I hear you doing is after you've dropped into that of like, this is hard, is the sense of, oh, and this is home. Mm. Like, this is home. Yeah. So then what does that mean? Because I'm like, oh, my gosh, it'd be so much easier, right, to feel the pain and be like, and I don't have to stay here. And instead, like to feel the pain and then be like, and this is where I reside. Yeah. And this is me. Right. Like, like these are my arms and my shoulders and my mm-hmm. cheeks and my stretch marks and like, and, and like, right. Like yeah. this is my evidence of mm. love and home and house and mm-hmm. sacrifice mm-hmm. and being stretched, literally stretched, torn. Completely. <laughs> and I think too, like you're making me think as we're talking of like kind of the parallels between home and body. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's like, as I look around my home, I see evidence that we lived here, right? Like I'm like, literally just yesterday, my son rocked so hard in the rocking chair in the nursery that he busted a hole in the wall. But I'm like, oh, I'll always, yeah. well, cause like I said, we probably won't fix it for years. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh, that's evidence that like yes. a, a tiny human sat in this rocking chair and was yeah. so taken by it that he <laughs> rocked into the wall. And I don't want to forget that. That's like a really mm-hmm. sweet memory, even though it's highly annoying. Um, and then it's both. It's both, right? It's like very sweet. And I'm sure in years I'll be like, oh my gosh, remember when he did that? That was so funny. Um, but similarly for my body, I'm like, there's evidence that like mm-hmm. I've resided here, that my yes. children have resided here. But I can't, it's like my mind cannot let me go to that place where I'm like, I wouldn't want to wish that away. Mm. And instead Mm. I'm like, you know, you just like wish you could trade it in. Um, But then that's not who, I I don't know. It's like, that's not possible. That's not who Mm -hmm. I am. I've lived my human experience within this body. Um, So trading it in means you trade all of that in. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Good, good, good. There, there might be room for like, how do you want to tell like the story of that part mm-hmm. of your body? Like when you like, mm-hmm. um, I'll speak from my own experience for a moment. Like I, there's, I have a lot of scars, physical scars mm-hmm. and my mom hated them. She always like, mm-hmm. was like, that's so ugly. Like you like, like you should have that fixed. And it's like, well, it's, it's like me. And right. the way I'm going to talk about it is like, if I took that up, 
way, I would take away a part of the story that I lived that kind of got me that scar or got mm. me that experience. And so even for my kids, when they see my scars, they're like, what is that from mom or what's this? And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, I have to tell you. So there was this one time I was in first grade and blah, 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 right? And it's like, I'm gonna tell you the story of this mm. mark. And when you think about like maybe looking at your own body, it's like, what story does that piece of your body have to share with you, with your sons, with your husband, mm. with the world? Mm -hmm. Like, Yeah, I love that. And that's so hard. And that's like, that's my work to be done, I feel, because I'm like, yeah, it sounds really beautiful. And I love, I'm like, I love that for you. <laughs> I wish it was true for me. And it's, and it is true for me, but I have to lean into that. And I think that that's where I'm like, I kind of just get, there's a little bit of a, there's a roadblock there for me yes, where I'm yeah. like, I'm like, when you say it, I'm like, Oh my God, that is so beautiful. I love that. <laughs> and then I think about me and I'm like, yeah, well, my belly button's never going back into place. And I don't know what story I want to tell about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear, I hear that. Okay. So this is that you're talking also about a very common principle of like, I take one giant step forward and then I met with resistance and I'm like, mm -hmm. actually, I would like to take like a half a step and I actually want to run the other direction now. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. no, too close to home. Mm -hmm. That's typically a signal that you're onto something of like, Ooh, Oh, this is, yeah, this is like the thing. I just yeah. kind of got to it when I immediately feel my body kind of like mm -hmm. uh, lock up a little bit or I mm -hmm. maybe don't breathe as deep or I'm like, oh, ew, I don't want to go to there. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, so what if I just exhaled whatever it is I'm holding about that space? And what is the place of least resistance I could probably go to? Mm. What would be the easiest place I could tell a story about my body that wouldn't actually feel like it was true and I'm not trying for it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's like my mind naturally went to exactly what I'm doing now, which is just like carrying children, right? Because I think mm. it feels a safe next step because it doesn't have to do with me and or my self-control and or my eating mm -hmm. habits or mm -hmm. you know it's like I didn't get myself into that well I guess maybe I did um but like I didn't cause myself to gain weight or like yeah. the scars don't feel as personal they're not like due to a decision that I made towards my body it was like mm -hmm. well I was pregnant so of course I gained weight that's the mm -hmm. point you know mm -hmm. yeah. I think we forget that that's like the end game is like <laughs> this is what's going to happen it's like that's the plan um and so it's like I think naturally that feels like a safe next step to as far as like a story that I would want to tell about my body is like yeah I, I carried three children um and like, it wasn't fun and it wasn't easy and whatever else, but, but, um, but then the proof is in the pudding that I have them on the other side. Um, and that I can thank my body for doing that work for me, but I can yes. say like, thanks for, thanks for safely like ushering in the family that I now have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, this, so there's, um, there's a couple different ways I want to maybe like pull your like thinking and feeling on this is mm. there are sometimes we dismiss things that don't feel like well that's just I could I don't feel that and it's like right if we're not feeling that we might be thinking that okay mm. so if I'm thinking that I don't want to do that or I'm thinking that I don't like that, like I couldn't tell that story about my body um, it might be because you actually need to feel that first mm. okay so I might need to feel connected to my body in mm. order to actually write or think a true new story mm -hmm. okay so we're trying to use narrative to help connect your head and your heart mm. towards compassion 
for your physical home, which is your body. Right. Some people are headstrong. Yeah. Some people are heartstrong. Yeah. Some people gut strong, right? And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, wherever you tend to drift to first, if it's mm -hmm. like, because you're so smart, Maggie. Oh, you are so you are you're so smart and you're you're like you're here 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 and it's like right and what does this have to say mm -hmm. right and what is like what is my what does this have to say what does the rest of it have to say mm -hmm. yeah and i don't even ask you know i'm like <sighs> i just don't mm. even want to know i'm just like mm. it, and and i think that like I'm an Enneagram six. I live within my head. Um, mm -hmm. I actually said this to my therapist a couple of months ago. I said, um, she asked me a question. I said, well, I'm more of a mind person, not so much a body person. And she said, but you have a body. So you are <laughs> a like, body person. Oh. You don't have a choice. It's not like you get to opt out of having like a body. Um, <laughs> And that was kind totally. of a light bulb moment for me because I yes. was like, oh, I've just literally oh. haven't even asked. I haven't even been like, how does this feel within, like you said, like within my heart or within my gut? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, no, we good. Me and my mm. mind are fine. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, well, yeah, but what's what's allowing me to travel within this world yeah. as a person, my <laughs> yes. body? Um, yeah. But I guess it's a my human. question, yeah, it's like, I mean, come on, I'm a human person. I'm sitting here talking to you. Mm -hmm. My mind can't do that alone, you know? Mm -mm. Um, but I guess my question is like, how, how and where do you start that work to ask yourself mm -hmm. those questions about like, how do I invite my body in, into that process? Yep. Yep. My most practical response to that would literally be getting three different color pens <laughs> and sitting down to ask yourself one question and letting all three different places respond. Mm. So how are you today? And then head, heart, body, mm. and let all three respond and like really sink in to think about that. Like if I was to scan and think about how's my head doing? Like, what am I thinking with my brain? racing excited mm -hmm. busy like I, I just might put things out in that color and then might drop a little further like in my heart like what's my heart feeling today full but heavy <laughs> okay like keep going body like like you, you zone in to each center mm -hmm. and the different ink signifies that no i'm really changing the channel here i'm not mm -hmm. in my head about my body i'm not in my head about my heart i'm actually mm -hmm. in the heart and it might not be words that are that the response is. It might be a sensation. It feels black. It feels blue. It feels gray. It feels like murky water. It feels like glitter. It feels like lightning, right? Mm -hmm. So because those other places are not word centers. Right, yeah. They don't know how to describe <laughs> the way that my mind does. Yeah. So you might explore the that specific activity of... As I learn to develop the muscles of integrating my like my head, my heart, and my body, I need each one to actually have a say in mm. the overall piece of how we actually are. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that sounds like I can already tell. Like as you're saying that, I'm like that is work that I need to do. Cool. And it's funny because like the whole process of childbirth for me has been really empowering because. Mm. I've always told, um, I, I ran a couple marathons, like back in my, you know, back in yeah, my twenties. Yeah. Um, 
And it's funny because I'm like, people are always really surprised to hear that. I think because of my like body size, my like physical makeup, people are like, you ran a marathon. I'm like, yeah, I ran three. Um, and, and then here, and then having children, but I've always said, I like, don't even give my body the credit for that. I'll be like, well, I am, I've always thought that I'm very mentally strong. So the experience of running marathons or having kids or whatever is like the most physically taxing thing that I've done. (laughs) I've been like, well, my mind got me there. I overcame it. Like I'm Mm. mentally strong. Um, instead of being like, yeah, isn't that cool that like she did that, this body did that, you know? Um, and instead I'm like, well, my mind just compensated. Um, (laughs) and so as you're talking about kind of like letting your body have a voice, I think about like, can I like give her credit? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you could take that specific exercise and go back to specific memories. So mm-hmm. with my head, heart and body, I'm going to go back to that marathon experience. And I want to like give credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, you know, write back into those spaces. Yeah. So that's repair. You repair. It's not over. Yeah. It's because you didn't do it then. We do mm-hmm. it now. Yeah, I love hearing that because I'm like, I think for so much of my like body issues and my issues around food, um, I've just kind of like closed that book and been like, you know, it is what it is. We got to just move forward with what we got. Mm -hmm. And we already did the damage. And now we just like make the make do we got to just like do the best we can instead of like pursuing healing and thinking Mm -hmm. that healing is like there for me to have you know it's yours it's so yours it's only yours who else could have your healing Mm. yeah nobody yeah yeah and so i love that idea of like i even as you were talking was like i wonder if i could find photos of like each of those marathons or each of those (laughs) you know like the photo that you have like right after you gave birth or whatever and just Mm -hmm. like it kind of do some like imaginative stuff around like, that's right. What was it like? Like, what did it feel like finishing that? What did it feel like when you like saw your child for the first time or you crossed the finish line or whatever? And how can I like not steal that moment from my body and give it back to my mind and be like, thank God you were so strong mind. And instead (laughs) be like, just like gratitude towards the body that I have. Uh Uh Yes, Maggie. Yes. So when you talk about imagination, imagination is inherently restorative, right? Mm. I didn't know that. Imagination. Think when we imagine things, right? There's not dread. We imagine with so much power, but with also with so much light and grace. It's like Mm. when we imagine things, we try to take them to their highest place, Mm. and we can do that retrospectively. Mm. But I could go back to those pivotal moments, those marathon moments, those birth moments, and be like. I am so proud of you. Mm. Yeah, that makes me feel like teary. I'm just like, yeah, I've oh, never, sure, ditto. I've never like had those feelings towards, I've the only feelings or like thoughts I've ever had towards my body have been largely like critical. And so yeah. just the idea of even like using yeah. that tone um, and is like very foreign to me. But like you said, I think it, leads me to a place of thinking that I think that that's where mm-hmm. that's where like I need to stay or like that's where the work mm-hmm. that's where I need to reside for a bit mm-hmm. and we we also can maybe see that thoughts tend to be critical 
and that mm. feelings we can be softer in the feeling like mm. so maybe that is critical up there mm-hmm. but you you even started the difference the permission you give yourself in pregnancy might be something you can borrow as a way to continue to lean in towards that tenderness towards yourself mm. you do know how to do it because you're doing it in this season mm. yeah that's, that's such a good point I, I guess i just assumed that like after after my childbearing years were over i would just be like more even more critical or like because you know it's like if i'm critical of my body when i'm 16 years old y'all know i don't have the same metabolism now that i had then and you always like look back with you're like oh man if only i knew Mm -hmm. in my whatever 34 year old body now if i could tell my 16 year old self just to like let it go let it go that body is serving you but instead it's like you know now can I say to my 50 year old self or whatever, like that body is serving you. Even when Mm -hmm. you're done having children, that's not the only point of your body. That's not the only reason that you have it. That's not the only way that it's served you. I think I would like to do that. I would Mm -hmm. like to like have that conversation with like my future self and be like, don't regret how you are talking to and about your physical self now. That's right. That's right. Okay, so what what you're referencing is that there we have like a healthy other within us. We have this healthy wise woman. This so in in like in, in a psychodrama we call that's like her healthy adult. Okay, now put that person in the room somewhere, right? So we have that version within us. So that healthy extrapolation of us can speak to our right now self, can mm-hmm. inform our future self, can converse with our former self, right? And it's already here. This is the point. We do not need to seek someone else's words or or, or thing in order to have that healing. You literally just did all of that just by knowing that there's this wise woman you just tapped into. That's like, hey, 16-year-old self. Hey, 50-year-old self. You're glorious. You're glorious. Look at you. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes me sad. I'm like, feel so sad for like my... I feel like, uh, yeah, like, it's just like the, the things you wish you knew, but I'm like, but I know that now. Okay. So could you take it in? I don't know. (laughs) I I hope so. I mean, like, I think like intellectually, I know that I'm like, I know that when I'm 50, I would regret spending the next 16 years of my life, um, kind of stealing that away or like not not mm-hmm. living kind of an embodied experience with my mm-hmm. body mm-hmm. but then i'm like yeah but how do you undo mm. 34 years of of training and pain around like being critical mm. about the way that you look that's such a good question that's a real question like let's linger on that for a sec okay yeah part of what <laughs> my personal philosophy on this is this we can have a moment of insight or awareness where I'm like, I do want to think that. Mm. I do want to believe that. And then what is met right after that is this resistance, which is like, well, now you should just feel sad for all the years you didn't know those things. Mm. And right, and, and this is, it's common, it happens in parenting a lot too, when we realize a wound we have, then we automatically believe we've transferred that to our children already and they are forever damned and it's too late. <laughs> okay? Oh, for sure. Right, right. So it's just a form of escape from the insight we're actually having, which is it mm. actually felt really, really like sacred 
when wow. I think about my body being glorious, mm. but I don't know that I totally know how to hand, handle or hold that. Right. So I'm just going to go back to sadness, actually, because sadness I can probably do. And like, right. and now I'm actually going to go back into critique, which is like, see, you should have known better, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, wait a second, slow your roll. Go back to the glory part. Mm. Yeah, like, to how can I linger there? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. like, I, I was... I have said before, it's like self-criticism, like that, that critical tone, that critical voice is like my mother tongue. It's like the first thing, the first way that I learned to kind of like speak to myself. And so I don't think it's much different than like learning a new language, right? Where Mm -hmm. you're like, eventually Mm -hmm. maybe it will feel fluent, but right now it's like, it's so much more comfortable to speak to myself this way. It's what I know. And mm-hmm. so even though this other thing feels really good and feels like I want to linger there, like I want that to feel like a place I could get back to or access instead. I'm like, yeah, but that's uncomfortable. It's too hard. And so yeah. then I'm going to yeah. just like dip back into where I was. Mm-hmm. Okay. So really, I really think that that's kind of like breaking in a new pair of heels. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. I love that you think that I wear heels right now. <laughs> oh, in in life, right? Okay, in so life. it's like yeah. yeah, it's like you're like these are so cute. I have to have these. These are these are everything. And I put them on. I'm like these are this is the worst decision I've ever made. This is literally the worst decision I've ever made. These are uncomfortable. These are death traps for women. Who created these? I want their personal information so I can tell them how awful yeah, these you're like, are. You're like a man created these for sure. Uh 100. Okay. <laughs> But then I'm like, I'm committed to getting through this pain and I might wear socks with my heels in my house or whatever, because I need to break these in. And when I break them in, they actually fit my feet so well that they slide, my feet slide into exactly where they need to be. Hmm. But the, my, my self will only slide in to what is actually more comfortable and most comfortable after I've broken it in. And so it does hurt. And I would expect resistance and pain and blisters and like, I don't Mm want to do this. Mm -hmm. Who wears these things anyway? Mm -hmm. What is the point? Mm -hmm. Well, the point is that it's going to actually fit you and feel just right for just for you. You Mm -hmm. have to break in the heels. And maybe you just tell yourself that when you feel like you hear the you hear the critic. That's not you, BTW. That's not you. Mm. That's a learned behavior. We're not born like that. So there was a mother tongue before that one. Mm, oh, that's such a relief to hear. I always thought that like that was kind of like uh, who that was my voice. Like that's like who I am, you know? Mm-mm. We really want to separate that piece out then. So in the same mm. way that there's wise woman within you, it's like there's also like that, like the, the critic. But, you know, the critic is usually just afraid. Mm. And I'll just be mean to you and try to bully you into not being as big as you are because I'm afraid that you might be hurt. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that that's good to hear. Where does that feel good in your body? I think it just feels like like relieved tension. You know, it's like all these mm-hmm. things you kind of like mm-hmm. grip. It's mm-hmm. like it feels like kind of just a release of like that's not who I am. Like, that's I don't, not who you are. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's an internet troll. That's not me. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Thank goodness, who is right? I'm like, who is she? I don't know. Her. Not, yeah. Yes. That might be good to, 
to, to sit with, think on and consider mm-hmm. is that what is, what actually is my mother tongue? Mm. How do I identify the critic as not me or my true self? Cause it's mm. not, but that actually the critic really does need, um, protection maybe from like that wise part of you to not have to chirp up all the time. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So then what voice do you let through? Like what? Do you know what I mean? Like what? I do. I do. I do. Yeah. So this has just been my experience of it is this at first. Okay. Do you like when, like when boys voices change and and like, you can hear like, they're like, you're like, Oh, what is that me? Is that my new noise? Right. And it's like, and as it's like, there's like a funky middle of that for sure. But like, then it's like, that's just like their voice. And it's the only voice they could possibly have. It's just Mm. what's happened as their transformation. And what I, when I was first trying to exchange what I, so my voice was not necessarily a critic voice, like a shame voice. I just lived in complete and utter shame. And so my critic took the form as just dark shame. So I did not know my own like inner wisdom or inner like truth teller. I didn't have that yet. Or she, I didn't know how to, how to access that. I literally right. was just like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe other people got that. I didn't get that when those things were being delivered. Or <laughs> totally. Yeah. Out, so, okay. You're like, I missed that um, one. Yeah, for sure. Short on the short list. Um, but I, d- I did know that there were other wise women and other wise voices that I could borrow. And mm-hmm. I would internalize that voice. Sometimes it was an actual therapist. Sometimes it was a friend who just really loved me, even though I didn't understand why. Um, sometimes it would be an author. And I would listen to a way that they would write about their own, like an Anne Lamott, as she's going through her like faith journey. And I'm like, oh, I-, I want her inside of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then over time, as I continued to hear that, it felt foreign, like my voice was changing. And then eventually it's like, oh, wait, I think that that's me. That's my mm. own voice. Hey, that's me. This is what I sound like when shame isn't the loudest, right? mm. when my old story isn't the most central. Yeah. So eventually I have come to hear and know and recognize my own voice. And now I know how to trust it. Cause I'm like, oh, I know her. I know that. I know her. Yeah, you're like, she can stay. She can sit with us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I like that analogy a lot because I think I I tend to do that anyways when I feel like I can't trust my own voice is I will seek out mm-hmm. other trusted people in my life where I'm like, this is how I'm feeling. Can you just like shed light, shed mm-hmm. truth onto that? And like you said, it's almost always like, well, no, here's the actual truth. Um and I let that voice kind of just like wash over me. And so I like the idea of kind of just like, like just faking it till I make it and be like, mm. I'm just going to pretend that I, um, that I called Aaron and she's speaking those things over me, or I'm going to mm-hmm. pretend like I cracked that book and that this person is saying these things about mm-hmm. me because, and it feels a little bit like cheating to me. Like in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> is that really, is that really how I would learn because it's not me. I'm kind of like wearing someone else's mm-hmm. tone or like their mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. voice. Yep. But yep. 
I'm like, yeah, but who the hell cares if it gets me to the end goal? I'm like, sure. <laughs> right. I'll try but remember, there, there's nothing phony in here, right? This is, I mean, think about art. This is how all the great artists learn. You, do you remember like Meet the Masters? There's this little program in elementary school where it's like, hey, we're going to learn totally. how to paint, like, right? It's like, mm-hmm. we, we learn by, by mimicking. We, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's how language is formed for children and moms, right? It's how attachment is made. Everything is made by mimic, by the echo mm-hmm. of, let me say this, right? And ultimately, I would say it's, you're not faking it until you make it. You're having faith. That's what faith is. I'm imagining the best possible voice here. Mm. And I'm saying it too. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I remember reading like a couple months ago, because this has been kind of like a journey that Brewing. I've been mm-hmm. pursuing. Um mm-hmm. And whatever I was reading was recommending like, can you make it part of your practice to like, oh, you know who it was? It might have been Emily Nagoski in her Mm. book talks about like, can you stand in front of a mirror and like call out physical like attributes about yourself that you like? Yes. Um, And it like rocked me. I couldn't. I was just like, people say my hair's cool. I don't know. It was just like, I could not even like verbalize or like come Mm -hmm. up with an option. Um, So I like the idea of, being able to just embody a different person while answering that question. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's so that's that I don't have to ask it myself, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's how we integrate. Hi, you guys. Elise here, your podcast host for TrailerCast podcast. And I just want to take a quick moment to let you know that TrailerCast is also available on Patreon. And if you don't know what Patreon is, it's a special community for creatives. And it is a way to support the people that are behind the microphone or um, on the Zoom call or, or doing these things called podcasts. So if you have um, been affected by TrailerCast and feel like contributing to the show and the making of the show, um, I'd be grateful. So if you are interested, you can check out trailercast.com or search us on Patreon. Thanks, guys. Mirror work is some of the most like enlightening and hard, like, and I mean, sometimes just like, how do I kind of sit in front of the mirror and actually make eye contact with myself? I can't. I'm like, it's know. like so hard. Oh, I, I'll, I will... I I spent years and like it's I couldn't even look at my like a part of my body in the mirror I would like look at the place in the dead space in the mm-hmm. wall behind me I'm like mm-hmm. I can't do this Same. but I'll sit here and try right mm-hmm. and years before I could look myself in the eyes years I mean mm-hmm. years right and but eventually a little more of me in the window a little more of me in the window a little more of me in the window and I caught myself this was um Radical Wellness was doing a, cha- a health challenge, and one of the exercises, uh, exercises I wanted to do was mirror work. And I literally, like, I saw myself and I smiled. It, I wasn't. It was like that was the response, and I'm like, ah, it happened. Like, hey, girl, that's, I, love I that. know you. And it, it like took my own breath away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, of like, oh, I'm yeah. familiar with you, mm. and I like you, like. And we yeah. sit there until we see her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like what I desperately want, right? Is to like mm-hmm. not have to live out the rest of my years. Mm-hmm. And I feel confident that the rest of my years will be the ones that I want to cherish 
even you know like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, don't want mm-hmm. to like travel into my old age feeling this way within my own body and so i'm like that is what i want to be true and that's what i want to be able to like hold on to is like that somewhere in my future is that moment for me where okay. i can like catch my own eye and feel yep like just glad yeah i'm gonna put layer something on this for you then is that i borrow from that eternal perspective that if it's true in the future it's true now okay yeah it's already true maggie oh i hope so i want it to be true if it's true to your 50 year old self it is true now if your 50 year old self could look and be like i love you maggie Mm -hmm. it's true for you now Mm. yeah and maybe we take that in 5% and maybe that we take that in 20%. Right. And maybe I breathe a little deeper and I'm like, where can I literally pin that up within myself where I'm like, mm. I'm going to remember that. Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to live into that being a hundred percent true right here. And now not have to wait till I'm 50 for that to be true. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, it's like, I want that. And I feel like it's like all that, the only thing holding me back from that is kind of just like, letting it be true Mm -hmm. and so how do you accept it like how do you and it's the same way with love right like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know where you're like sometimes love is really hard to accept it's just like it just is is. and it's like and you can want to receive it and desire to receive it and like have intention to receive it and still not Mm -hmm. and and so then and so I'm like, I want that. I desire that. And I believe, I believe it. But then like, how do you transition from like mm-hmm. intellectually knowing to like whole body knowing? Yes. So you're literally describing the process. It's, it's through embodiment is how those things become more than just facts. They become mm-hmm. a lived truth. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the the process is okay when i if i think about me maggie looking in the mirror and being like and seeing me and being like i just am i like i love you I'm almost like amused by you i see you and i'm just kind of like mm. look at you right like yeah. where is that true in my body now could that be true of my pinky finger is that could that possibly be true of my left elbow mm-hmm. is it where is it true already where i'm like i really do know that in my dimple do you know what i'm saying mm. it's like so could i could I let it live there? Yeah, that's real. I could, if I really scan my body, I'm like, there's a couple places that that could totally live. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that is something that continues to expand. And I'm like, I really like the way that feels when that's true. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. What, uh, it, back to our imagination, part of the way that I truly try to do that is I think about those spaces and then I imagine like taking my breath and blowing that into those spots of my body. Hmm. Like I want to like make way like wind. I want it to come all the way through and to push out stuff that's making, that's taking up the room of the good thing I want to be in there. Hmm. Sometimes I will actually have a memory come up where I'm like, oh, the reason that the good truth can't live there is because there's this old lie that's living there. And mm. I will remember the moment when I was in seventh grade and I was walking by this guy and he made this comment about my legs yep. and I yep. can't, and yep. now it's there. Right. Okay. So then as my healthy adult self, I have a choice to make. Am I going to let the lie live there? Or am I going to say, mm. you know what, Elise, that was seventh grade. And what does that boy know about a woman's legs? Nothing. 
It was squat. <laughs> okay. Nothing. So yeah, nothing. By the way, like seven boys don't know anything about anything, especially so, wait. that. So does does he get to yeah. say over that? No, no. And now I'm now I realize that my seventh grade self was holding on to that lie there. Mm. And so mm. what needs to occur is for my healthy adult wise woman self to be like, hey girl, there's a better there's a better thing here mm. for you. Are you? Would you trade me? Right. Yeah, I could trade that out. Totally. Mm. And then mm. I do. And I think like, for me, so much of that resonates with me, because I think a lot of the damage that was done for me, as it relates to my relationship with my body, it, and I, I know this is true for so many women is done when we're young. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's it's when we're in seventh grade. I'm like, I remember the comment that kid made on the bus. I don't even remember his name. Mm-hmm. But I remember that comment. That comment lives within me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Eighth Grade. You I haven't. haven't. Oh my god! I will be tuning in. <laughs> it's so it's 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 amazing. But there's this scene where the like main character um, is she's in eighth grade and they're at like an eighth grade pool party and she like puts on her swimsuit and she's like coming out into the backyard of this person's home to like be at the pool party and is like so visibly like self-conscious and i just remember i like my husband and i went to see it and like on the drive home i was like that's exactly what it's like Mm -hmm. that's exactly what it's like Mm -hmm. like i felt uncomfortable watching it as a 30 something year old woman Mm -hmm. um but like you said it's like i don't have to let all of those opinions of seventh graders inform right Right. me now Right, right. Okay, you're yeah, you're on. Okay, so this is what it's. I'm not in eighth grade anymore, mm. and I sometimes have to tell myself that because my pain can be outside of time. Mm-hmm. And so when I see that eighth grade girl, I am that eighth grade girl, mm-hmm. and now I'm just in pain again. It's like wait, mm. wait, wait, wait. I am actually not in eighth grade anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm a 35 year old woman, and I don't have to feel that way. Yeah. So we, we reorient. So since we're in quarantine and like we cannot go anywhere, I'm like, it's a released me a little bit from like other people's opinions of my body because I'm like, yeah. no one can see me. I'm just out here growing big, but it doesn't matter. I'm at home. <laughs> um, however, like the one place that we go is like on a walk around our neighborhood. And so we like are on our walk. And I, I just feel self-conscious because so much time has elapsed that I'm like, I've gotten pretty big over two months again as I should because I'm pregnant but but it's like people haven't seen me for a while so it's like a little shocking right to be like oh my gosh wow like you are growing a baby after all um and so we like came around the corner of our neighborhood and saw like a group of our neighbors gathered and I literally said out loud I turned to Brett and was like oh no he was like what and I'm like I don't want anyone to say anything about how big I am um and so we, I like kind of this moment of like, I wanted to turn around and like go back the other direction. And he was like, no one's going to say and like, no, that's not a thing. Um, and so of course we like approach these neighbors and we chat with them and they're like, you look great. And I'm like, oh, thanks. You know, like seven more weeks or whatever. Um, and, and my husband was like, see, like that wasn't a true experience. However, the following day I'm on a walk with my kids and a different neighbor who I don't know really Mm -hmm. sees me and is like, how much time do you have left? And I was like, Oh, 
about two months and he, he was like wow you still have two months oh my god really you're huge um and first of all i'm like can we just not can we all Boy, just bye. i mean please i'm like <laughs> no i'm like can we all just like sign somewhere on a petition that's like mm-hmm. just stop saying don't... stuff about anybody's body Ever? Ran- yeah, ever random neighbor that mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anyways and then i like came home and i was like gutted because i was like oh. that's exactly my fears felt validated that was like the thing that i was scared of that like eighth grade girl mm-hmm. that was like someone's mm-hmm. gonna say something mm-hmm. about my body and then someone and then did, did. Mm-hmm. and so what yeah. do you do when like your eighth grade mm-hmm. insecure, self is right insecure self is like see yeah. told you told so you told you so you should not have gone out you should not have like been in your body out in the world right because you're eating from fruit of the poisonous tree you're Mm -hmm. already looking to other people to know how you should feel about your body Mm. so what's like a healthy response i'm like like, just um paint the picture for me of what a healthy response would have been because literally all i did was think about oh man if i could do that again i would have said something i should have stood Mm. up for myself or i should have like yeah, like not let someone say that to that eighth grade girl. I should have been the adult that would have been like, like say something back. And I couldn't even come up with something. I was like, it feels so tender. I can't even like defend it. Yes, and so what's like a healthy experience in that circumstance? I don't know if it's healthy, but I'm going to go back to like, what did you, what did you need? Like my instinct, I literally like started to give myself a hug. It was mm. like, oh, I think that that girl needs a hug. Mm. Like, like I don't need to say anything. I'm just gonna hold you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what we begin to do is do that for ourselves. Let let's let me pause for a sec. This is yeah. the we forever have been taught to look out to see in. That is what I mean by faulty logic or fruit of the poisonous tree. Mm. Our worst fears will always be confirmed when we're doing that. Because someone, there's always some jackass out there who's going to say the worst possible thing. It's just the, what's sure. going to happen. That's okay? just like, yeah. yeah. That's, it's been proven true. Correct. Yeah. I, remember, I had a 12 and a half pound baby. People said all sorts of crazy oh, girl. Shit, right? People yeah. say things. People say weird things. They don't know what to say. Okay. And they don't, they just don't know. They don't right. know. Okay. But in my embodied self, what I know is that he doesn't know. When I eclipse that he knows more about me than mm-hmm. I know about me, right? Then now I'm like, I've lost myself again. Here I am. Mm-hmm. Those that eighth grade boy did know what we you know about this. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So when I'm truly at home within myself, then I can hear what other people have to say as chatter, mm-hmm. not as fact. It's mm-hmm. just what it's just what they said, not right. the truth. It's just commentary. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So start with the truth. And I think like when I'm, when I'm not like hyped emotionally, I tend to think of it as like, what would I tell my kids? Right? Like, perfect. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah, I would never be like, yeah, that kid's right. You know, like (laughs) Mm -hmm. about whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, those aren't words that I would speak over my kids ever. And so I would yeah. be like, well, you know, yeah. that's not true. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I think when it comes to like self-parenting, when mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. comes to like translating, I'm like, oh, there's, it's not apples to apples or whatever. I'm like, 
it's different for me. Um, right. You know, it's like the voice that I'm encouraging my kids to use or that I would want to use towards my kids. Yes. Is not at all. I'm like, that's not allowed for me. But I think what I'm hearing you say is that like, that's exactly the voice that needs that's, to be used. Right. Is like, I'm, I'm telling you that's your mother tongue. Mm, I hope so. That's what you naturally go to for other people in your sons. That is the most natural voice for you, Maggie. Mm, yeah, I hope so. And I know, no, so uh, that is more. I want to. <laughs> yeah. When you think about responding to your kids with it, with what is complete compassion, is that something that you're like, I really hope I can figure out how to be compassionate towards Graham right now? No. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it, it, it. I think it's just like the, it's that relational piece that I'm like, well, I love them. And so then I think it like naturally, I'm like, I don't feel that way towards myself. Okay. Well, then that's where the repair goes. That's where yeah. it's like, oh, well, if I love myself, I couldn't help but respond to myself with compassion because that's what right. love does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So then when I encounter like random jackass neighbor, I'm just like, mm -hmm. I can just say to myself, like, oh, he doesn't know. Like, why would you let that voice be loud? Um, what do you but know I think about because a I, woman? Yeah. Like, being get out. Um, you know, and instead, I think because I don't hold myself in that high of regard and relationally me and myself are at odds a lot, I tend to like side with whatever voice it, I'm hearing, whatever's loud. So then I'm like, I'm like, yeah, did you hear what he said? That's true. Um, you know, and I'm like, that's so twisted. Um, but it's default unless we do something different. Hmm. That's like, that's what you said. Like that was most comfortable. It's like, that's just what you'll default to. That's your default setting. It's like, wait a second. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Mm -hmm. I need to clear that out. Yeah. <laughs> totally. a different setting here. Yeah. Yes. Here's my, I want to like, kind of like hold it all, wrap it up like this. Like, um, do not overcomplicate all the things you're trying to synthesize. Mm. Okay. When you are as like intellectually intuitive as you are, it would be easy for you to decide that there are now 20 takeaways from this conversation that must start now. And this is going to be how I do it. And who told you that, Elise? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I can see your wheels journey. Mm -hmm. right? so, like, okay. so when we, our approach to any form of like air quotes work is I start with what feels most naturally and truly good compassionate and whole including mm -hmm. the pace at which i work the topic at which i take on mm -hmm. the people i let into that space kindness like that inner kindness and com radical compassion that has to be the guide mm. okay there is no pressure everything you are looking for already is mm. so my direct thought for you would be when you're when we're done to uh, journal and response just like mm. free associate pour everything out after that then maybe take that into like what are the what are some like truth nuggets that I'm like okay that was for me that was for me mm -hmm, that was for mm -hmm, me mm -hmm. okay yeah. don't do the hard nuggets first you go right to this free process <laughs> let it just let it flow first okay sounds you're good get out of your own intellectual way mm -hmm. oh yeah I can do that Maggie thank you for just like opening like that door to your heart like this felt very vulnerable and mm. very brave 
Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for allowing me to, to share some of my story. Hi. Okay. You guys, thank you so much for listening to that special conversation between me and Maggie. It is so neat to be able to take such personal moments and then allow other people to listen in. Um, Maggie and I started this conversation probably a couple years ago. I referenced it at the beginning, and it's when we met at this really super cool bar in Colorado. We were in Denver, and Maggie was on the precipice, as she mentioned, of like really like stepping into her own self. And there is some that is fire to watch a woman who is awakening to say like, "Hey, like that's for me." And I don't need permission to my own life. And at that moment, all I have to do is just hold up this big sign that's like, yes, that yes, you already see it. And I can only like stamp and confirm on what you already know within yourself that that is for you, that this, that you are capable of doing this, that this is more than something you can do. This is yours for the taking. So I I want you to think about that in two ways. One, there are times when we are the woman asking the question saying, hey, okay, can I do this? Um, I I think that this is right here for me. I want to step out in this new way. I want to start in this new career. I want to have that extra baby or I want to start speaking. I'm going to start a podcast or, or whatever. And there's sometimes we are the woman asking the question. And sometimes we are the woman who is saying, yes. Yes. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> wholehearted, whole body, whole self, a community of women response saying yes. And when we get to do that for each other, you guys, there is something, it's like the glass ceiling shatters. And that is what it means to be in a true community of women where we are not taken apart by someone else saying yes to their own life. I want us to be a community that speaks truth to people and that gets to draw out the very best of what we see in each other and says, get it, girl, get everything that this life has for you. We are all so much better, fuller, richer, deeper when we are together in our strength and power. You guys, there is only more. We do not take away from each other. When we step into the fullness of who we are, we only make it better. And so I hope that that is part of what you could hear even at the very beginning of our conversation is that we get to be women who get to say yes to each other. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. <laughs> Yay. Um, a couple other things I wanted to reflect on. Motherhood and whether or not you're a mom that is, that's inconsequential to this parallel, okay? The direct metaphor in Maggie's actually lived experience is she's pregnant in quarantine. And we go back and forth between the parallel between what it is like to actually live in her body and what it is like to actually live in her home. So maybe for you and most of us are still in quarantine and we're in this experience of being stuck and I'm in my home. And at first, like quarantine was like shocking and then it was numbing and then it was cute and then it was like productive and then it was lame and then it was frustrating and then it was serious. And then it, it just keep on, it keeps on being all these waves of things, but it's still a stuck experience. And you could hear Maggie kind of going back and forth in that as well. Like, like, like what is um, gestation, but just like this waiting. And it's like, hold up, uh, human life is developing. And so whether you have been pregnant and or whether you are pregnant metaphorically in quarantine, I think a piece that you could probably sit with is what things are developing within me 
that I'm not giving myself enough credit for. During quarantine, what abilities, what things are rising and growing and stretching and developing within me as I am quote unquote in waiting, stuck. So you can take that metaphor and run with it as far as you want. Part of the skills that I I do see and that maybe generally we can all like kind of jump in on are we are actually respecting other human beings. We're listening. We are learning that we cannot have immediate gratification. We are becoming more aware of the collective experience of most people on this earth and what it is like to not have access to all the things we usually do. It's hard. And that's a gift and lesson in and of itself. There's nothing we can do. That's a whole, that's a huge lesson, right? The, the lesson of powerlessness that either I am pregnant or I am stuck or this is as far as I can go. And there are lessons to be mined in that. Part of the um, exercise that I asked Maggie to do would be something that'd be really cool for you to try too. And then um, if you're a part of the trailer cast community, then I would actually love to hear you get to share your specific journal response to that. If you don't know what I mean by the trailer cast community, we have some different ways to connect and you can learn more about that at trailercast.com. But it's basically, it's the post show real person reaction and response to some of these trailer cast conversations, interviews, and otherwise where we get to find out like, okay, what came up for you? How do you relate to this? When else have you, when you've been in a situation like this? And then we get to sit together and talk about that either through Zoom or Instagram. Um, But anyway, that journal activity. So there are three main centers and this um, directly correlates to Enneagram work, but there is head, heart, and gut, you know, or body. And we tend to be resourced or have extra ability in one of those main categories. I'm either mentally very strong. You could hear Maggie in that pretty like strong, like cerebral space, right? Like think, 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 think. No, 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 no. Like (laughs) K-N-O-W. Know what she knows, knows, knows. Um, Some of us are heart centered. So it's like the feeling I feel. And so we'll use language like, oh, I feel this rather than I think I'd like this for dinner. It's like, I feel like I'd really like this. So the heart center, the feelers, and then the gut or the body is the people that are so much more, um, oh, that, that gut instinct, that physical um, knowing, right? Not as much uh, intellectual knowing, but an, an experience of knowing. And so this journaling exercise helps you to bring integration. And that's the whole point of doing a journaling exercise is when we're thinking or just in our own experience, it can start to run on a specific track. When we introduce journaling, we move out and into a new spot in our brain, literally like a literal actual spot in our brain where we are then able to introduce writing. So I asked Maggie to to choose three different inks and then to be able to go back and forth. That's just another way again to realize our parts. If you wanna read more about parts, you can look into internal family systems This is not family therapy. This is referring to the different parts we have within ourselves. And all of these parts are serving to protect us. And sometimes that protection is on overdrive. Okay. So if you thought about it, it would be like we have um, an internal helicopter parent that really wants us to have fun, but would really rather us be safe. And sometimes that comes in the form of inner critic. And that came up a lot in our conversation too. 
for whatever it's worth, internal family systems would be something that would be super helpful for you to investigate if that type of work appeals to you. Um, but with a journaling exercise, it's a way, to, again, to get out of our repeat track and allow actual dialogue to begin to happen. If you've never done something like this, you guys just go with it, right? Like this is like, again, one of those moments where it's like, hey, um, does your therapist ask you to do weird things? And we're like, yeah, like <laughs> these are the weird things that therapists ask you to do. Just journal your different parts. After... What, 12 years in this field, I almost laugh. Like, I'm like, oh, I forget that some of these things are actually weird to people until I run it by my husband who's like, what? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I get it. It's so weird if you're not in this field, but it's fascinating. My favorite type of journaling exercise is actually dominant, non-dominant hand journaling. When I am personally trying to work through something, I will journal myself in my dominant hand and then response in my non-dominant hand. That would be another thing that you could use to kind of explore like um, your feelings when you feel upset, um, decision making, um, inner child work. So you can write with your right now self to your younger self. You can write to an older version of yourself. That's what Maggie and I discussed. Uh, but there's so many things you can do with journaling, you guys. It is so much. It's so much fun, says the therapist. Um Last thing I want to talk about and maybe draw some collective, you know, knowing here is when Maggie references her mother, the mother tongue. And at first when she said it, I agreed with her. I could hear that she felt that her mother tongue was one of critique. And at first I'm like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Actually, that's not what I believe. Sorry, we had to go back to that. The, the mother tongue is, is originally perfect and pure and good. That's it. That's the actual essence. That's where we go. That's how we know why we're, where we're trying to return to. I also was born into a system where what I believed my mother tongue to be was one of shame and pain and um, cruelty. And I could very easily have also said that that is the first way that I learned to talk about um, my body and myself and who I am and my identity is I absorbed all these cruel messages from my environment. But before my childhood was was myself, before I was born into that space, I existed. So I'm not going to get all existential and like talk about like where babies come from and all that jazz. I just want you to hear this. Before someone spoke to you, you were you. So even in utero, there was an experience and a core experience that you, before someone told you, existed. Before someone taught you, you had life and being. And so our mother tongue, where we are actually trying to recover, is one of grace and abundance and beauty and life. It's the good stuff. And so I want you to, I kind of want to challenge your thoughts on that. I'd like to hear what you think. Again, check out the Trailer Cast community. But the mother tongue, the way in which we are trained without realizing it, to absorb either specific words spoken to us or to draw connections from words that were never spoken to us. Because it's both. There can be injury in both. What my mom said and what she never said that hurt me, right? What my dad said and gosh, what I just needed him to say. So I want you to think about that. The mother tongue and how we absorb that and develop an inner critic or an inner monologue about what we look like, what we should like, and what we're sure other people think. Okay, those are my thoughts this episode. I'm so thankful that you are here and listening and a part of TrailerCast. These new TrailerCast conversations have been such a gift to get to be a part of, and I hope that they are a gift to you as well. Cheers. 
Thank you for listening to TrailerCast with Elise Snipes. Visit TrailerCast.com to listen to all of our recorded episodes, sign up for Patreon to offer support for the show, and get access to group sessions, extra bonus episodes and content, and our private Instagram account, where we continue to grow the TrailerCast community. Follow Elise on Instagram at EliseSnipes underscore collective, and learn more about her work at EliseSnipes.com. Lastly, we'd love for you to take a moment and review the show on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend. Cheers, and see you next time.